On today's Locked On Texan, Lovey Smith speaks at the combine. We will digest and discuss our takeaways, but we will open with Miami and Philly, Philly and the connection with the Houston Texans. And, man, I think it's about to get real interesting for the QB market. But first, Cody, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Monday through Friday. I am John some sports guy Hickman joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own hmm. Cody Davis ripping the H. We're gonna talk to Texans today. <laughs> Before I do, I know y'all see my my uh my upgrade. Got the, I love uh, Cody it. I love Bryant, it. Lord Mary, got my boy Mike James, Lamar University's own, and had to kind of spice it up and do a little things differently. But speaking of differently, Philly, Miami, you know, throughout <laughs> the entire course of last season cody and listeners and viewers out there uh deshaun watson was linked mainly to miami there were philly rumors around as well and i talked to a couple of guys that are close to philly uh, at the combine not the combine excuse me at the uh senior bowl and i gotta tell you uh the likelihood of deshaun actually getting to philly was always kind of slim to none right there was a chance mm -hmm. but not as big as a chance as deshaun getting to Miami, and here's what we now know after <laughs> the, the combine kicked off. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer, the door is shut on trading for Deshaun Watson. Howie Roseman, the general, general manager for the Philadelphia Eagles, on possibly acquiring Deshaun Watson, what he had to say was this. We have Jalen Hurts, a guy who's led this team to the playoffs. And now it seems like the the most likely destinations for Deshaun Watson to end up in the following season, Miami and Philly, those are now off the list. Considering what the teams are saying at any point, does it seem like, you know, Deshaun is kind of losing the battle here on where he can end up playing football next year or whenever he has an opportunity to play for the NFL? Yes. And this is why I say it doesn't make sense for Nick Casario to rush a trade. Because the longer Deshaun Watson sits out, the more suitors are going to move on. And think about it, John, listeners and viewers. Remember when Deshaun first demanded his trade about a, about a year ago? And the Philadelphia Eagles was one of the main teams trying to get their hands on Deshaun. And he was, uh, I really don't know if I want to go to Philly. We all know that his number one destination was Miami. But Philly was somewhere in there. And the Texans were willing to take back Jilly Hurst. Now, he gave the Philadelphia Eagles an opportunity to see what they have in Jalen Hurst. And they're like, you know what? We got a young promising quarterback. And just like the Houston Texans, if things doesn't work out with their current quarterback, they can move on to somebody else in, in, the, in the next couple of years. And where's Deshaun Watson going to be? Still sitting at home. <laughs> John, this is, why I, this is why I say 
the longer the, the longest Deshaun Watson continues to be picky about where he wants to go, it's gonna hurt him more so in the long run, run versus the Texans. Because I don't think look, so. I, I, don't I, think I, so. I because think about it, John. Think about it. And of course, when you when you when you, first of all, and, and I say this every time we talk about Deshaun Watson still being part of this roster, and it's important that we have to discuss this. The off-field issues is a big reason why we are coming up on a year. I think the first lawsuit hit on March 15th or March 16th. One of the those two days. The, the, yeah, the it's the, the only, only reason, reason why we are still sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson still being part of the Houston Texans today. But, John, teams are not going to sit there and wait for this man. Teams. Here's the thing about Deshaun Watson. If it hurts Deshaun it's going to eventually hurt the Houston Texans. And, you know, I think that it's for, for, for Nick Casario to explore the options that he's done over the last year and try to hold out, you know, that's a dangerous game because when Deshaun first wanted to get out of Houston, well, there wasn't 22 allegations against him. <laughs> and so now on the, uh, on a couple of days ago, we had an episode where we, I talked about why April 1st is very important for the Houston Texans because that is when we'll find out whether or not Deshaun will be facing criminal charges. If these charges do turn criminal, then the likelihood of Deshaun Watson playing football this season is slim to none, in my opinion. Right. And so now we're looking at a situation where if you're not able to move on from, and that was this article, a lot of people. We're, on Battle Red, on, on Battle Red, on uh, part of SB Nation. Right, came out and said that the Houston Texans may have to release Deshaun. And a lot of people bagged on that article, called it the, the worst read they have read in a long time. And, you know, a lot of a lot of different ways they could have described it. But I'll say this. If those charges become criminal, and now he's looking at real time, ladies and gentlemen, listen, 22 allegations will bring some real time to where once that time gets mentioned, the NFL is no longer a thought. Mm-hmm. And for the Houston Texans, if I'm looking at it from what makes sense business-wise, business-wise, yeah, you're playing a dangerous game because you're gambling right now. Right? You're gambling, and you want to see if you can hit big instead of hitting for what you can hit for. Okay? And I think this is what – will eventually maybe hurt the Houston Texans after waiting in here and figuring out what's going on with this case and Deshaun Watson wanting to clear his name, which he has every right to do so. Not mad at him for that, but business-wise, yeah, you're looking at, a, at another situation where you didn't get anything back for him last year when you had an NFL draft that featured the likes of Trevor Lawrence, that featured the likes of Najee Harris, that featured the likes of Jamar Chase. Like They had a very great rookie class yet last year. And for Houston, even though Nick Casario did a great job in scouting and bringing players in, drafting players that made sense for them, we talk about Roy Lopez, who Nick Casario sung praises for. We talk about mm-hmm. Brandon Jordan, Nico Collins, and maybe the still of the draft, depending on how the next couple of years turn out, and Davis Mills, right? So for, for them, they did a very good job. Think of the what you could have gotten back from the sun if you would have pulled that trigger for the trade last year. Do you want to risk two years in a row? Now you have a better situation this year, no doubt about it. The first year you have a first and second round pick in several years. I get it. But waiting is what we'll play dominoes, man. What they say, man. 
<laughs> what they say we played slow the money scared, don't eat, man. Exactly. Scared money don't make no money. I get all that, John. Stay but what I would say, <laughs> but what I would say in a situation where they study wrong and don't get anything back for Deshaun. And like Battle Red mentioned, and I'll pass it over to you, the possibility of having to release Deshaun Watson because of his legal issues, that can be a very real thing. Well, what I will say about this, when you take a look at this situation, I understand the Texans are playing a very dangerous game by waiting. But John, we know what Deshaun Watson is on the field. And, you know, you mentioned the Texans should have got rid of, rid of him as soon as he demanded that trade. And I do agree. But the Texans were trying to work things out with Deshaun to see if you could get him to come back in the building. A guy like Deshaun, you just don't say okay and just let him walk out the door. You, you, you don't do that. You try to see if you could fix the relationship. And let's go back a year ago. When it seemed like the Texans were finally getting in, getting into their head that Deshaun isn't walking back on, back into that door off of Six Inning Kirby, they signed Tyrod Taylor, they draft Davis Mills, and what happened about a week or so later? The first allegation came out. And that really threw a wrench in all of this. And that is why I still sit here and say we could point the finger at the Texans. We could say Nick Casario waited too long. We could say this. We could say that. But at the end of the day, whether Deshaun is guilty, innocent, or whatever the case might be, if he did not get himself in this situation, we would not be talking about this over a year. And it's unfortunate because I, I'm, I'm kind of starting to get the sense that this is going to be a situation where nobody, Deshaun, his camp, the Texans, Nick Asira, nobody is going to come away winners, especially, and I still think this is a long shot, shot but especially if these allegations become criminal. Right. But here's the thing about that word, if. If it was a fifth, we all be drunk. <laughs> right? And you don't want this franchise who's done a very good job of cleaning the mess of Bill O'Brien on a serious note to look drunk by not making this move early when they had the opportunity to do so. At one point, it was reported Miami was willing to give up a big haul for Deshaun Watson, and the Texans still said no to that because they wanted more. And so I look at the situation as, you know, the future of the Houston Texans, let's look at the future of the Houston Texans without what Deshaun Watson can bring to them whenever he's traded. It still looks pretty, fairly good, right? And, and this is me mm -hmm. speaking on who they have at quarterback. This is me speaking at the eye for talent and the, the way that Nick Asirio, which he's shown us, can work the cap and the eye for talent. Uh, I'm, I'm positive that he will have this team competitive and so that future looks at least some dimming of a light. If you could have got back what you could have got back for Deshaun Watson, then it would be a brighter future, at least in terms of the different possibilities possibilities of who you could have brought in. I do want to mention that GM Chris Greer endorsed Tua Tagovailoa. And I also want to remind you guys that there were reports leading into the trade deadline this season that Miami and Houston had agreed on the compensation of a Deshaun Watson blockbuster and Dolphins owner Stephen Ross had approved the deal down to the 11th hour and then things just kind of went wrong from there because of Deshaun Watson's case. And so, of course, we will keep you guys updated 
on all of the Deshaun Watson news, but I think it's now important to talk about what we heard from Levy Smith and get our takeaways from that at the combine. But before we do, football season is over. I understand it, but the basketball season is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all of the latest odds and totals and player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports cores, your sports podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. It's not just football. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to the Olympic coverage and information. And the best part about it is you can head to the website today or use your mobile device on the go right here, ladies and gentlemen, and learn about all of the trends in action this season because BetOnline is where the game starts. Levy Smith coming up. Can't wait to dive into that. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On NFL experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Enough time to get your morning coffee and your bagel. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And continuing here with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans on yesterday, Lovey Smith spoke at the NFL Combine. And look, John, listeners and viewers, there was a lot that I want to dissect. But some of the topics I actually want to save for next week. And one of the things that I want to look at, he actually gave an endorsement to make sure the Texans go out and re-sign Justin Reed. And it seems like that is actually a realistic possibility for the Texans and Reed. And it's a little bit more realistic now. Oh, I just want to add that along with that endorsement to Justin Reed, uh, he also talked about the cornerback position as well. I thought that was important. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's a little bit more realistic versus how it looked a month ago because you remember that post Justin Reed had on his Instagram account. It seems like he was definitely saying so long to the city of Houston. But the number one topic that I want to discuss is what the Houston Texans may or may not do with the number three pick. And I want to talk about this because on yesterday, Lovey Smith spoke about how important the defensive line is going to be for the Houston Texans moving forward. Well, uh, you know, both of those are, you know, I can't talk in specifics about players, but, uh, of course, I'm aware of, you know, I'm a fan of college football in general, and both of those guys uh, had outstanding college careers. Uh, both of them are going to have excellent careers in the NFL, along with quite a few others. I think there's a pretty good defensive line class. And, again, starting the process of seeing them, you know, here in this environment, uh, seeing that hopefully some of them work out, and in their pro days they'll tell us an awful lot. Uh, if I'm a defensive lineman, I would like to come to a place uh, like the Houston Texans. Uh, we start up front. Again, it's about, as I said, about the defensive line. We kind of read on the run, athletes getting up to field, uh, making sacks and things like that. Uh, I think it's a defensive line-friendly system. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because, John, listeners and viewers, I'm starting to get a sense that the Houston Texans have their eyes set on either Aiden Hutchison or Kavon Thibodeau. And the reason why I say that is because when you take a look at what Lovey Smith said and you go back to what Nick Casario had to say the other day, this is where I'm starting to get this idea. Nick Casario, when he was talking about the possibility of trading the number three pick and how important the combine is, 
Nick Osirio say, look, the combine is mainly important for players who are projected to go somewhere between the fourth and the seventh round. But he said between the first, second, and third, especially that first round, teams already know who they want to pick. And when you take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, when you take a look at the Detroit Lions, there's a possibility that Hutchison or Thibodeau will still be on the board by the time the Houston Texans really get serious about what they're going to do at number three. John, it's a little bit funny. You and I have been sitting here arguing over the last couple of weeks on, do the Texans go offensive lineman? Do the Texans go defensive back? And it seems like they still might come away with arguably one of the top college prospects in this year's NFL draft. Which is very interesting. I think that, you know, for me personally, I I look at uh, Thibodeau as a player that I think is more athletic and maybe do a little bit more things on the the field defensively uh, for the Houston Texans than maybe Aiden Hutchinson can. But also look at Hutchinson as a player that this past season with 14 sacks, third in the nation, you know, he could just flat get after the quarterback and and I like that because he played in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten normally has the better offensive linemen coming out. Like they have those big country-fed offensive linemen that you know eat cornbread for, for breakfast in the morning at times. So, you know, for him to be able to get after the quarterback consistently for the Michigan Wolverines and have 14 sacks, third in the nation, I think that's something that gives him a lot of credit for Thibodeau. I think that he had a down year due to injury, and for him, he maybe wanted to just, just to get ready for the NFL draft, but. Maybe that played a role into it. But still, he had a very successful year. Uh, For Houston, it does come down to what makes sense at the free agency, right? They talked about wanting to bring Malik Collins back. Uh, You know, that's something that Levy Smith spoke on specifically, and we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. But, you know, overall, the first part of getting this team in a better situation and and shaping up this roster does start with free agency. And if you're not able to get – maybe a big-time pass rusher in free agency or re-sign some of the guys that you know can get after the quarterback, like a Malik Collins, had three sacks on the past year, did a very good job at hurrying quarterbacks, but you also want to pair Jonathan Gennaro with a player on the opposite side. You know, he's a guy that had eight sacks in, you know, what, 10 games? He missed a couple of games due to injury. So for, for Lovey Smith, if we're going to expect Lovey Smith to be the best version of Lovey Smith and really have success – then the first thing we're going to look at is, you know, his defensive scheme, right? And he also smiled. He talked about that a little bit at the combine, saying how he loves old school R&B, mainly listens to old school R&B, doesn't really switch it up, and then use that to kind of equate to the cover two ain't going nowhere. That's my bread and butter, and that's how I got to be who I am, repping Big Sandy. And so I look at him, and the prime of that defense, they have somebody they was able to get after the quarterback or a collective unit that was able to get after the quarterback. But then I also look at the DBs. I also look at the linebackers. So for Houston, the first part of getting better is assessing the needs and bringing in quality players in the draft. Now, when number three rolls around, I mean, the free agency, but when number three rolls around in the draft, if Thibodeau Hutchinson is still on that board, if Amar Sauce Gardner is still on that board, <laughs> uh, you know, you're going to have some players you can choose. Kyle from. Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is still on that board. We, we just named defense, 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 defense. I don't think it's very important to discuss what player 
is going to be drafted because I think we are pretty much kind of sure that it will be a defensive player for Houston going off the board first. And that's great because that tells me they're going to reshape this defense. We know we have a young quarterback in Davis Mills. So let's make sure that we are in games to give him an opportunity to win games. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you are making the Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with the insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And before we close out with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to continue our free agency profile as we take a look at free agents that the Houston Texans have and we decide whether or not they should come back for the 2022 season. Before we we dive into that, Cody, (laughs) I think it's important to take a look at Lovey Smith's comment on his music choice. (laughs) I mean, I'm not surprised. Well, you see that great beard. I I I don't see nothing that says anything other than 70s, 80s. You, throw, you may sprinkle in some 90s R&B. But uh, what, I, what I like most about Lovey Smith, man, and we're going to talk, we got a very fun conversation <laughs> tomorrow, but he just carries this. Like I feel like I can go to Lovey Smith with my life problems and I can walk <laughs> away with at least some lesson after maybe drinking on some cognac and smoking a cigar. To where I'm comfortable, whatever my next decision will be, because he gave me some gym <laughs> that I can live with, right? I mean, you know, he may tell you how to how you need to love your woman or how you need to work hard to get what you want. I just love that vibe from Lovey Smith, and I, you know, I'm expecting for him to turn that vibe into wins for the Houston Texans. But he does have a lot on his plate, considering who he may need to retain, uh, especially on defense, Cody. And talking about his music choice, he talked about how much he loved R&B. There's a reason why he has, I believe, 10 or 11 grandkids. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, um, you, bro. <laughs> but you know, the Commodores, but, you know, <laughs> the Temptations. But, you know, continue here, you know, as we continue our free agency break breakdown. The next guy on our list is a guy I believe the Houston Texans should bring back only if the price is right and that guy is desmond king king started out the season as a slot corner but due to injuries and due to the fact that the texans didn't know who they want to put on the outside corner they had an opportunity to move king to the outside and he had a fairly good season one of his best seasons and i believe this was his most productive season since his i think all pro or pro bowl season in 2018 when he was still a member of the then um san diego chargers but john when i take a look at desmond king i take a look at a guy that can really helped the Houston Texans in 2022. I'm not sure how his relationship is with the organization um, as of right now because we do know King was one of four players who actually got suspended due to discipline reasons. And we all know that was a whole foolish nonsense type of stuff going on behind closed doors. But when you take a look at Desmond King, like I just mentioned, he was probably arguably the best cornerback that the Texans had this past season what are your thoughts about Desmond King and do you think he should return I think Desmond King should return for Houston but as you mentioned and I mean this is the emphasis on if only 
mm-hmm. the price is right because Desmond King did struggle, right? Especially mm-hmm. early on in the season where uh, he had games of against the Buffalo Bills, he allowed 101 yards and one touchdown. Uh, oh. Against the Cleveland Browns, he allowed uh, 33 yards and one touchdown. Like He struggled throughout the year uh, on a total I'm looking at his advanced stats. He allowed 752 yards and five touchdowns with a pass rating of 92.6. Now, towards the end of the year, those numbers did decrease. We may look at the game against the Indianapolis Colts where he only allowed two catches for 22 yards. Uh, look at the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, only allowed two catches out of nine targets for uh, 20 yards. Then I look at the game against the San Francisco uh, 49ers where he only allowed three catches for 20 yards, right? But early in the year, he struggled heavily. Now, also a credit to a defense, a credit that to a defense that was still trying to find his way, and I get that. However, when I say the price is right, I really mean the price is right. I don't think hmm. Desmond King is a player that should command a lot uh, from the Houston Texans in terms of value, and what they roll for him, what they want his role to be, right? And that's something we heard Nick Asario mention early in the week, value role. If that value increases what the Houston Texans want for your role, then they are likely to just say, well, thank you for your services. We're going to move on. <laughs> or we're not going to speak to you during free agency. And I think that's the case for Desmond King, right? He has some things he needs to get better on, of course. And I think it's unfair to judge him 100% because of – the revolving and moving parts around him, and then they have to move him to the outside where he did play better. Uh, but, but do I want Desmond King to be my outside corner moving forward? Absolutely not. Hmm. And if that's the case and we put him back at slot corner, then we look at games where he allowed over 100 yards or 69 yards or 79 yards or 93 yards and then allowed five touchdowns on the year. I think that can happen, and uh, that will go into factor – uh, for Houston whenever they look at his contract situation and what they're going to offer, if they're even going to offer him a deal. The stats that you read off, I noticed something. It's like a trend. He struggled against pretty good quarterbacks. Um, You just mentioned how many yards he gave up in the game against the Buffalo Bills, like 100 and something? 101 yards. That was against Josh Allen. How many yards did he give up in the game against uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? And Baker was healthy prior to that shoulder injury? Uh, 33 yards, one target, one completion, and one touchdown. Okay, so uh, it seems like he struggles against quarterbacks who already have found a rhythm in the league, and especially against damn good quarterbacks like Josh Allen. But I do want to mention well, against, against the Jets, 93 yards against the Jets. Well, that kind of kills my theory because I was about to say, you know, against rookie quarterbacks, it seemed like he had good games. But, you know, uh, Zach, I can't believe they still let Zach go out there and do that. I think the whole team was just off that week. So I don't want to count that against them because I still can't believe the Texans lost against the damn New York Jets. But, like I say, only if the price is right. And I would like to see Desmond King still be a part of this team because it seems like the Texans are going to sign a lot of young, talented players. And he can definitely be a veteran that a young defensive back can actually go to and get some tips and learn how to become an NFL defensive back. Absolutely. I can't wait to see how they approach this free agency. I think this is a very important free agency for the Houston Texans. Uh, they did a very good job of at least trying to be competitive during free agency last year and setting some type of foundation or not necessarily setting a foundation, but kind of 
knocking over and destroying the foundation that was uh, set before them. And so now look at this free agency as a time where they can make some big moves after they re, you know, restructure deals or come up on some money. Nick Serio, I trusted him to, you know, put some more money on the books. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out. I'm John some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Also follow the Locked On Texans on Twitter at Locked On Texans and comment, like, share, subscribe, everything on YouTube hmm. as we are on the road to 1K. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.